listening to the Radio Revolution. Rick and Bubba. Six minutes past the hour from the broadcast plaza and teleport. 26 years strong, the Rick and Bubba show guiding you uh, through uh, the different situations and even this historical event. Not the first one we've been through, won't be the last. Speedy and I here on location at the award-winning broadcast plaza. we got intern Stretch Armstrong with us, knocking out his degree in common sense. That now a superpower. On location, the real Greg Burgess uh, from one of his rooms. Helmsy's coming from one of the rooms in his house. Adler, one of the rooms in his house. And Bubba from a closet. So welcome back, Mr. Bill Bubba Bust. Bubba, how you doing? Rick, Rick, glad to be here and glad to be representing all the guys on Zoom here today. And we hope that uh, everyone who is uh, weathering this pandemic at home is uh, is doing good and enjoying some family time and you haven't uh, killed each other yet. That's right. Hey, coming up later in the program, we check in, in quarantine, Frank Caliendo. That's next hour. Wow. So uh, excited and somehow that's, I, that's a lot of people in one house in his case. Well, when you yeah, if you do what Frank does for a living, we're going to get to hear from a lot of famous people in quarantine today. I think uh, I'm sure he yeah. will give us various people in quarantine, which are to be fantastic. So uh, we'll chat with him coming up next hour. Um, so some other things that we need to talk about. Well, and it ties into what we're going to talk about now. And this is you know this is the most important week in the history of the world. Uh, you know, for th- those that uh, that are practicing Jews and those that are practicing Christians, uh, we you know we have the Passover, and then we have what uh, Christians believe the crucifixion and the resurrection, all being remembered this week. So normally, this is a you know gigantic attendance uh, in the podcast today, Rick and Bubba University. We also will look at this. Uh, we'll talk to a pastor today, Dean and Sarah, uh, who's written the book, The Unsaved Christian. Uh, and he will talk about uh, these big markers in, in the Christian faith uh, and cultural Christianity, and uh, we'll talk to him about uh, what everybody's doing too. Don't miss this podcast. I, I think I think for some people this is going to be a very important podcast because uh, I, 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 my testimony revolves around this too, this false understanding of true redemption and, and living life as a cultural Christian. Uh, and and he uh, takes on that this could be the largest unreached people group in our country, and uh, and so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. But the gatherings, Bubba, are being talked about, and different states are doing different things. And I saw Attorney Barr, um, Attorney General Barr, talking about this with our civil liberties. You know, we saw Babylon B, you know, having some fun saying apparently a uh, new new headline: civil liberties deemed non-essential. Uh, so 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 anyway. Um, the, the different states are doing different things. Of course, now this is when the old freedom from religion bunch—they're gonna—they're gonna just have an absolute party. They can't be satisfied that we've all had to go into our homes and can't even gather at our, at our our places of worship. That's not enough for them. They got to go after everything. Uh, and so, different states are doing different things. And our state uh, for Resurrection Day on Sunday, the Lord's Day, and that when we remember the resurrection, uh, the our state is calling for. Uh, all the churches to to ring their bells, and if you don't, uh, if you have an individual, and I guess this is great news for Mississippi State fans, uh, and uh, so they're saying at noon uh, Central Time, Alabama time, on Sunday they call it Ring for Resurrection. That they just want to be all over this state, uh, people who are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the completion of the redemption of the world, uh, to ring a bell at noon to celebrate the resurrection. Yeah, I like that idea. Uh, Will Ainsworth, a friend of ours, the lieutenant governor of the state, 
uh, had sent me a, an email about it. And I thought it was a wonderful idea. And, uh, you know, people in Starkville, I mean, it would be real handy for them. A lot of us don't have bells handy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think it'll be really cool on uh, Sunday as uh, as noon happens that we could step outside and just hear bells ringing everywhere. I think it's, uh, you know, we need those little little token things of unity to get us through this. Yeah, because it's one thing for us not to be able to gather on, on a normal week, and that's bad because uh, they all matter. But when you get to these markers like, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to the synagogue and I want to have my Seder and I want to go through the Passover and I'm being told I, I, I shouldn't do that. Or I, you know, like you said, I'm not sure we're being told we can't, we're being advised not to, and we're trying to be good citizens and then Christians. Uh, so I can't go into my place of worship and gather with my brothers and sisters, uh, of the faith uh, to celebrate, uh, and, or, and, and remember the crucifixion and the resurrection. Um, that that's a little tougher, you know. This is one of those that people say this is a, this is a standard, uh, but uh, we we are advised not to do this. And so these are some things you can do. But the freedom from religion, people, and uh, this probably happens anywhere. They're they're coming after our state because they're saying that our governor and our lieutenant governor they have crossed the line. Is that it? Yeah, I think they're after our lieutenant governor for this uh, proclamation or this idea going out from his office. I think they're unhappy with our governor, Kay Ivey, because she uh, had a press conference the other day where scripture was read. And uh, I understand a a pastor or someone came in and actually did a prayer, uh, which, again, you know, that's not endorsing or forcing a religion on somebody uh, to me in my mind. Uh, when you when you force a religion on somebody is what you see in the Middle East with ISIS. Correct. Where they come to your house and go, guess what? You just converted or we're going to chop your head off. So, um, you know, I, I just this freedom from religion bunch. I, I think they're a bunch of wackos, really. And what? most everybody just ignores what they say and, and do what they need to do anyway. Look, we don't want our government. Uh, endorsing the type of way that we have to worship or uh, it would be more appropriately interpreted the denominational habits of the way that we have to worship. But I think to say that you have to be an atheist when you leave your door frame uh, and if you work in the government is absolutely not what the founders meant. They didn't act it. They didn't do that. And this bunch is just a, a bunch of harebrained idiots. Well, and Bubba, their name in and of itself is incorrect. That's the Constitution doesn't guarantee anybody no. a freedom from no, it religion. Doesn't. Their it name, doesn't. their name's not even right. Mm-hmm. Their name's no, not but- even right. And as you said, the biggest marker of truth, and we'll talk about this also in in the podcast today. The biggest marker of truth is what people actually did, because we can get into all kinds of well, they wrote this, and here's what they meant. And to your point, the free if the freedom from religion bunch was alive during the, the us coming out of the Civil War and the things that Abraham Lincoln did, uh, if they had heard, seen and heard the things that George Washington did, if they saw the things, the services that were being held in the Treasury and in the Capitol building, and they go to the Library of Congress and they see all of our founding fathers and then people who were part of our first Congress and, and many of the Congresses after that and presidents after that, they were having services. You didn't have to attend them, and you certainly didn't have to be a Christian, uh, but they certainly... Uh, did not do what the freedom of from religion says that they think the Constitution calls for, so we can come to an easy conclusion 
the freedom from religion people are wrong because first first thing the Constitution doesn't say there's a freedom of from religion. It says no, not a, at all. It says there's a freedom of religion and the right to express that religion, and that the Congress can make no law to stop it. And so they're just wrong, and it that would also include if you're a governor and you're a Christian and you want to have a pastor come in, you want to read some scripture, you can do that. To Bubba's point, as long as you don't say we're now establishing the official religion of given country or given state, and anybody get anybody who doesn't get in line, then will be uh, be prosecuted or persecuted, or they'll receive trouble. You see, founding fathers and presidents and people throughout history that openly lived out their faith and called the country to prayer, read scripture, wrote about scripture, even had services in government buildings that you could voluntary voluntary attend or you don't have to attend. This has been going on since the foundation of our country. And Attorney General Barr last night in an interview with Laura Ingram said, I'll go as far as to say this freedom was the one the country was built on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It all goes back to the king and the fact that he would – dictate to the people in England what denomination they were going to be based on what he wanted it to be or what was good for him at the time. So, um, you know, the Constitution protects us from the government establishing a state religion. Period. Now, establishing and somebody expressing is a big, huge gap in between that. And they've tried to move the bar over to expression. And no one is pointing a gun at anybody's head and telling them they have to pray. They have to pray any certain way. They, they got to ring a bell. Have to do ring a bell. Look, but uh, it, those of us that want to ring bells, it's okay for us to talk about it. And it's also okay, okay, if our governor or lieutenant governor is a Christian and says, "Man, I think that that, that it'd be great for our state if you are a Christian, uh, or you just would like to join us in this." Here's what we're going to do, and we're going to pray for the. This has been going on since our foundation. This is not. Yeah, this they, is not. This is not a new thing. Are, are are people who just want to destroy the American way of life and what we stand for? I mean, they're they're uh, you know, there's a long term of list we could call them, but look, just I say, ignore them. Just ignore them. Do what we need to do. Well, yeah, and, we, and we're not going to make anybody join any religion. We're not going to establish it, but we're also not going to be restricted in our worship the way we want to do it. And on that note, uh, Attorney General Barr was asked last night, well, are is the government restricting that now by telling people not to gather in the churches? And I'll tell you what he had to say last night. It, it was pretty good. We'll be right back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. All right, we're back. 22 minutes past the hour of the Rick and Bubba Show. Your phone calls at 866-WE-BE-BIG. So all I was going to say, uh, just wrapping that up, because uh, we were getting up against the break there, is um, uh, Laura Ingram started talking to Attorney General Barr last night, asking the question, you know, are we going to get to the point about these gatherings? Um, could uh, the church make the, the, the argument that this is violating their constitutional given right uh, to express uh, their their religion, uh, and he said, "Well, look, we're, we think the churches are doing a great job working with us right now, and they most of them are still able to meet uh, through you know the technology and all that. No one's saying that you can't have church." He said, "Now that certainly would violate." And he said this, and this is what we got to look out for, and this is what I was the point I wanted to make. He said, "But we have gone into certain cities 
the federal government and shut down mayors and city governments that are trying to use the pandemic to grab ground against the church and the and the constitutional right of expressing your religious belief in gatherings. And he said, and we have gone in and stopped that. Uh, he said, so that's the only concern is that we certainly don't want – this pandemic cannot be used to, to in the middle of fear, go and take away people's civil, civil liberties, including – you know, removing the church from your community completely. And he said, there right. are some people who want to do that, and they're, they're trying to use this to do that. And he said, we will not stand by and let that happen. So uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think we wisely are voluntarily not meeting right now for a period of time. I don't think it's going to go on much longer. But, you know, it's just like if you have a tornado warning, you need to take cover. Uh, if you have a fire, you need to leave the, uh, the sanctuary. We're dealing with a little different animal here in a pandemic, but I think people uh, and the leaders of, of churches are being responsible. Uh, a lot of them have uh, you know, older members that might be more susceptible to this, and I think they've, uh, they've made some good choices. Now, after April 30th, that's going to get more interesting. I'll say that. Yeah, and I think God has been using this too because I think so many times, and look, I've been as guilty of this as anyone, uh, especially with dads and and our call to be spiritual leaders and, and husbands in the home, that it's so easy to go to the gathering and just let somebody else handle that. But right. now, now that you've been forced into your home and you're doing things like communion and the Lord's Supper and you're leading it and you're sitting there with your family after it's over and talking about what you just watched and you're getting everybody in the room, I think there are some things that God's teaching the church as well and those of us who are members of the church and part of the church, he's teaching us too by saying all these routines and rituals and stuff y'all have gotten so accustomed to and traditions, I'm going to shake those up too. And so uh, we certainly want to get back to gathering, but I think he's teaching us something during this as well. Uh, when something becomes maybe, routine. Maybe we'll appreciate that right to gather even more. Yeah, that, that there you go. Uh, to the phones, Maryland standing by in Alabama. Maryland, go ahead. You're on the Rick and Bubba show. Hey, Rick. Um, I just wanted to... I hate to even change the subject because I, what you're talking about is really interesting. Sure. But I wanted to know what your opinion was about Bernie Sanders dropping out of the presidential race. Yeah, Bernie's out, Bubba. Did you did you hear about this, Bernie? Did did, did you hear? Well, Rick, I had to look at the numbers. We're winning the battle of ideas, but the numbers are not going our way. So I'm going to step aside so that Sleepy Joe can get ready to take on the Trumpster. <laughs> but, you, yeah, Bernie's saying, now, look, he was winning the, the idea. And really, this is yeah. he basically See, says. I, I didn't say that because I bailed out yeah. of it. I knew I couldn't say it. He said the ideological uh, <laughs> uh, war he won. What, what he, you know what? And this is sad. He, what he's saying is truth. You know what he said? People like me have turned the Democratic Party into the Socialist Party. We did pull that off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and what we're doing now is not helping, just throwing $2 trillion every which way we got to. That's going to fire them up even more. Well, look, Bernie and the Bernies, you know, because you can put a little troop together, they've turned the Democratic Party, modern day in our country, into the Socialist Party. And to Bubba's point, what we have to watch out is then not let that Socialist Party turn our country uh, into a socialist-type country, whether that be a Republican or a Democrat, because Bernie, you know, he picture Bernie as the COVID nineteen virus. 
He infected a lot of people in the Democratic Party. As a matter of fact, it looks like the majority of them. Even Joe Biden's trying to act like a socialist now. Okay, Rick, but- are you calling me a virus? Yes. Let me get this straight. <laughs> you know I'm not very happy. I've never smiled in my life. <laughs> now is not the time to start. <laughs> he doesn't smile, does he? I've he really doesn't. Never. He's mad never. all the time. You yeah. know why? Because he's not a happy person. He's insane. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Just, just look. Remember, right now, I, we, we need – look, nothing wrong with being prepared. Nothing r- wrong with helping. Nothing wrong with doing desperate things during disparate, desperate times. But we cannot allow the country – to be destroyed and turned into a tyrannical, gigantic central government country. We need to be very, 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 very careful with all of this and, and our civil liberties being taken away. Look, you think Bernie Sanders would, it wouldn't, wouldn't run the church right out of this country if he could? Rick, I'm just for the workers. Why are you a bubba against the workers? <laughs> because the speech you give is the same one that every crazy dictator has given throughout history. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> you're always for the worker you're always for making the streets safe we've heard this before well you give up your liberty to me right hmm. we, we we turn you into the ruling class because you're smarter than the rest of us we've we've seen this before in history now Just I, shut up bubba <laughs> i'd like to ask bernie this i heard some kind of what they say where he he wasn't going to give up his delegates though well, this is where this is where he holds his delegates, so the Democratic Party will cater to him. That that's what this is about. Uh, okay, I've got so, my delegates right in my back pocket. <laughs> you do, yeah. In it, case I need to whoop them out at any moment. Yeah, <laughs> th- this is that thing where the party didn't treat him good again, and yeah. it was robbed from him. And right. I'm gonna hold my delegates for a while, make everybody uncomfortable till, till I get uh, y'all give me some stuff and make me important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bernie is a whack job, guys. Let's just call it. Come on. I, mean, I, I don't know how. Who's propping him up this far? Good. Not, I don't know. How does he keep getting elected? Right. What in the world? Vermont? Yeah. What in, look, good it, night. We I, need to take a look at you guys. Come on. Sure. I mean, let's face it. And Help, I, us, help us out down here now. Come and, on. And there's <laughs> there's some really, really sharp um you know, young people, and we always have some of those. Of course, they're usually, you know, Republicans. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you if you look this thing where you tout, look at me, I've got the young people. Well, look, when I was young, if you got me on board for something, can I tell you something? I wasn't the standard. Don't watch what I'm into. You know what I mean? I'm an idiot. I mean, I don't know anything yet. It doesn't mean I'm stupid. It doesn't mean I don't have intelligence. But I don't know anything. I don't have any wisdom. Why would we turn around and say, I tell you what, wherever the young people are drifting, that's where we all need to go. <laughs> Follow me, young people. Listen to me, not Rick Burkett. <laughs> when we come back, we look into the world of the Rick and Bubba show in quarantine. Greg Burgess in the spotlight. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba's in Ohio. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Pass the gravy, please. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Ooh, it brings me to my knees. Without him, brother. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Oh, there is no other. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Waking on that blubber. 35 minutes now past the hour of the Rick and Bubba show. 866, we be big as our number as we come back. Do want to point you to our friends at Therabreath. Therabreath, look, these products. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, when you take that trip to the grocery store, you know, they, these are things we have to do. We're allowed to go to the pharmacy. We're allowed to go to the, the grocery store. You, you know, want to practice. You want to get your, you know, your mask and all that, you know, according to what day of the week it is. And, you know, sometimes they tell us mask and no mask and mask again. We're back in mask now. Uh, so, but uh, you can go to where TheraBreath products are available. Uh, and I usually get mine at Publix. Uh, I know they're available there. And, uh, and, and, of course, over 100 different retailers uh, carry the product. So if your ret- retailer is open, Walgreens, Walmart, uh, CVS, Target, Publix, Kroger, Winn-Dixie, they all have it. Uh, you can also, if you'd rather have some of it shipped to you, go to therabreath.com. And, and the, what, when Dr. Katz invented these products, there were a lot of products out there that might make your breath feel fresh for a minute or two. Uh, but they don't really go after the root cause of why you have bad breath. The TheraBreath products do. There's over 100 countries that use the product, so this is all over the world. Uh, and if you'd like to find out, you know, we use the combination of the mouthwash, the toothpaste, and the lozenges. Now, they have other products for just dry mouth and, and things like that, and you can find all of it by going to therabreath.com. You can also go to rickandbubba.com, and you can find it there under the Sponsors button, and uh, TheraBreath can can give you a confidence back. You know, if you're worried about your breath, you don't have confidence, you're you're kind of afraid to, call, you know, this one day we'll be able to get close to people again. But how about this? You don't want to do – you don't want to have stank breath for your family. You're stuck with them in tight places right now. Uh, so, so check out Therabreath. All right, so uh, we're we're talking about some of the things in quarantine. We've got some stuff from Greg's house we're working on, and if we can get that resolved, uh, we'll we'll look at that. We had a we had a technical issue in the break, uh, but I know that, and and this is something Bubba you have been asking for, and I sent it to uh, Adler and Stretch yesterday. You have been requesting that we get an official picture of me on the Peloton. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. want to see it. I don't know. It looks like my feed uh, is a little delayed here, so yeah, it looks like we're still in the break. So mine may be a little behind too. But I definitely want to see it. All right, so we have the picture up for those yeah. that are watching on YouTube. I have the Rick and Bubba University Navy Blue version on because, of course, we have to have that, mm-hmm. and and that is available at rickandbubba.com. We have that in the gray or the blue. And so what what happened here? You know, I've been going through this ongoing deal of I can't find a a virtual teacher that I'm comfortable with. Okay, and uh, and so, and I know that there's a lot of uh, even the uh, the Godspeed where I was doing working out. They're starting, they're doing virtual classes now. I haven't quite gotten to that that comfort zone yet, but the Peloton is something that I've been doing, um, you know, to try to get something in, get some cardio in, and all this. But you know, I've been struggling, and Greg, this is going to slay you. I've been struggling to find, you know, a teacher. You know, I went from I had one that was that was cussing me. And then I had one. Then I had one that was gay, and I, you know, that that was just it. Just it was it was. I was just uncomfortable, you know, with a, a man getting excited about that our workout would feature Britney Spears, and every workout he does is going to feature Britney. And I was like, well, this doesn't feel like it. And then Greg, yesterday it happened. Yesterday it happened. I look on the selections, and the guy is giving the 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 hard rocking hand signal. I mean, he's got he's got he's got, he got up in the air and he's on a bicycle and it's called the classic rock twenty minute workout. And, oh yeah! And I thought, okay, this this is this is my guy. This has got to be my guy. And it's 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 rock from the seventies. He's and you know he's got all this going. And so when you see this picture that I sent to Adler and I and I sent to Stretch, this is me looking at him. But then Greg, it happened. Okay, it happened. And, and, you know, and I know, Greg, you're super sensitive to this, and the rest of us are, when somebody starts a play on words, but they're doing it too much. You know, it, it, if you're going to do a play on words, you can knock that in here maybe maybe one time, you know, and you can even put some space and do it again later, but you can't keep going to it. 
So we're, we're sitting there, and, and the way this workout was designed, and when you do these Peloton workouts, and look, I'm a novice. I, I'm, I'm, you, know, you can look at me and tell I'm a novice. But, but the, they, they, they give you, the, they, in these rides, there's, there's resistance that you turn to the right, which makes the bike harder to pedal. And then there's speed to the left on how fast they want you to pedal. And then you combine right. those two. And Bubba, there's a lot of science to this. Then it gives you the, the overall output in the middle. You have three different numbers you're looking at. So, right. so the instructor says, all right, right now I want you between uh, 30 and 40. And so that means you're going to do the resistance on a number you're comfortable with between those two right. numbers. And I want your speed from 80 to 100, you know, or something like that. Well, they, they, have, they have going up hills, which means more resistance. And even if they, if they want you to get a little more advanced, they'll tell you to get up out of the saddle. Let's get up off the seat, you know, and all that. Well, and then there's sprints where they want you to go really, really fast for short intervals at a, at a time. So we hit one of those, and I don't know whether he wanted this to happen or not because, you know, I'm easily spooked on this kind of stuff. It doesn't take much for me to get spooked in, in these kind of uncomfortable moments. So Foghat Slow Ride starts playing. Well, he's playing Slow Ride while asking us to sprint, and he keeps acknowledging that it says Slow Ride. Hey, hey, it's Slow Ride, but this ain't no Slow Ride. Okay, we, we got it the first time you say that. You know what I mean? Okay, we got right, it. Right. You, maybe you didn't look at your song list. You didn't think that through. <laughs> maybe you should have played Slow Ride when we were cooling down at the end. And, and so for some reason, Slow Ride's hitting right when you got it sprinting. We understand the irony of that. <laughs> and he just, he just continues to do it. Come on now. Hey, Slow Ride. But ain't no Slow Ride. No! And he starts like doing like like singing and and like like I mean he is he he just wanting to take the rock experience to a whole nother. But this ain't no slow you know. And and finally I'm like I tell you what this keeps up. I'm getting off his spot. I mean you can only do this. So uh, so then I I thought well well how could it get any more uncomfortable? Uh, and then Steppenwolf, Born to Be Wild, comes in. All right, let's go with the beat. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, uh. And he starts doing all this. And, and then, Greg, one time he looks at it and starts pantomiming into the camera. Hey, get your motor running. Get out on the highway. We own the highway. You live. We come over. I tell you what we need to do. Let's get wild with it. And I'm just like, okay, this is too much. You're not it, singing with it? It's too much. I mean, I just want my heart to beat and I want to sweat. I, I understand all this. And then, and then he starts referencing people. You know, like you talk about feeling like a loser. I've probably, I've probably ridden the bike total, okay, since we've had it. A lot more during the pandemic because I normally don't do this. I normally go to a to try to do a little better because I need the accountability <laughs> of that because I do realize this guy's virtual and he really can't see me. But anyway, right. um, right. you can't get away from him if you have to. But I probably have ridden the bike twenty times. I've probably done twenty workouts. Okay. So he's sitting there and he's oh, I see you big and sweaty. Oh, you've just hit your one thousandth ride. And I thought a thousand. You know, hey, I see you over there. Oh, you five hundred. And I'm sitting there going, Well, I can't I can't chime in with twenty. I mean, I can't even I felt Are like Are you up to twenty? Yeah, I've done it. I've probably done twenty since we've had it. Now keep in mind we've had That'd the bike. Seventeen. That's seventeen, clearly. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm rounding to twenty, which probably means it's either it, I'll tell you what it's not, it's not above twenty. You know, when you're around, it's somewhere around 20. And uh, and because, you know, keep in mind, Bubba, we've had this bike since Christmas. So, you know, this means I've neglected it for a long time. I've, I've, I probably up till the pandemic had been on it like three times. Right. You know, right. so so it's, uh, it is a uh, – I can't seem to find my groove with it. And, and I keep getting pressured 
by the guys at Godspeed that I need to join those virtual workouts. There's something about the virtual experience and trying to do better that I just don't like. I just don't dig it. I don't know what it is. I feel awkward. I, I don't know if it's the – there's just something about that, you know, like especially when you get to the virtual workouts because you don't have the stuff to have the gym. And this goes back to James Spann. If James Spann, if we talked to him today, I'll save this. I was told about James Spann because he's all in on the virtual workouts because, you know, James and I go to the same place. And, and James does the women's class and I do the men's class. But but he, he – uh, they were talking about James on the virtual workout because keep in mind on the virtual workout everybody was told to stay home. Nobody like went out and got their stuff, right. so they want you to try to do stuff with your body and and to sweat with just whatever you have, you know, there at the house or whatever. And to me, that's I don't know something about that is weird to me. It's almost like look, if, it, if it, this is almost like a you know junkyard workout, grab whatever you got and pick it up hey, and do something with it. What ain't weird right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's all. So I don't know. I, I I like the music, Greg, of the classic rock guy, but he almost became too. It's like he rocked too hard. I'll be <laughs> honest. The picture Speedy sent me. You don't look like you're enjoying yourself at all. The look on your face. Can I tell I you? Can I moment? Yeah. Can I don't. tell you why, Greg? I'm not. I mean, th- look. I know we've talked about this for years, and it, look, we need to do better. I was totally convicted by, by by the lifestyle that I was living. I, I know that it, I, I needed to do better. I needed to eat better. I needed to watch my weight better. I needed to be healthier and, and all this. However, I've never understood these people that can't wait for the workout. I mean, they are looking forward to it, and they are excited, and they can't get enough of it. And I mean, like, like they're they like when the pandemic took away going to the you gym. You mean people like me, Rick? What you're saying? <laughs> yeah, like you exactly. But you know what I'm talking about, Bubba? Like when somebody said to me, "You can't go to the gym anymore." Some people were freaked out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, "Well, you were like, thank goodness." I was like, "Man, I could have gone today, but I mean, they told us not Dang, to." Comment. You know, but so so no, I go and do what I need to do because I I need to. I understand why I should, but there's no joy in it. You know, now after it's over. <laughs> Do I go? Well, I'm glad I did that. I do. You know, once I get to where I can breathe again. But, uh, but the, uh, yeah, that face you see me. Brody came in and took that picture, and he was laughing his head off. He was like, "Dad, you look like you are. You, you look like you're hurting." I said, "You know why I look that way, son? Because I am. I mean, it's not a slow ride. He's made that very clear. We're sprinting now. You know, all right, but it's not slow about this. We're going back. Come on, come on, come on. It's all right." And uh, so. Uh, <laughs> he was rocking so hard. We'll be right back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba's in Ohio. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Pass the gravy, please. Nine minutes to the top of the hour. Rick and Bubba, pandemic, your voice of reason. Easy now. Frank Caliendo will join us next. Uh, we'll chat with him. But now we go into the world... A pandemic. Uh, we we just left the Peloton world, and and uh, the fact that I was completely clear that it was not a slow ride that we were on, even though our Fogcat was being played, um, and uh, our struggles to try to find stuff to do and and to do you know do some of the things we were doing. And Greg, yesterday we were asking you about um, you running your driveway, hmm. and I understand we have an update on this today. Yeah, I was going to try to, you know, go out there and film it live, but that's probably not going to happen. So Speedy gave me a good idea. He said, well, film it like yesterday, which I thought probably not, but it actually worked out. wasn't a hassle, so I went with it. Yeah, well, we want to make sure it wasn't a hassle because we know that yeah. would be uh, – that would. We be don't the, want any of that. Yeah, the only person that, that likes hassles less than me is Greg. 
so, all right. So, Adler, I know you guys may have it, or you, you, and we're, Greg. What are we about to see? Well, we got two uh, me and Buddy going for a run, and, and, and pay attention. I warned y'all; he's the worst behaved dog in the world. Watch him as I'm trying to get my shoes on. Okay, I gave y'all this is the full routine that starts with every day. Then he nearly knocks me down, of course. All right, there's Greg. And Lisa have been bored, so we've been making music videos. Yeah, all right, here's Greg. Look, the, but Mr. Buddy goes after Look him. Look at you. I mean, Greg, he's all over you. How are you even tying your shoe? Oh, my I know that I little know. tail wagon. Look at Mr. Look Buddy. He's, he's so trying happy. to bite me. He looks like yeah. a, a little bit like Adler's dog, a little bit like he's got a little bit of that in him. Mm-hmm. He, uh, here he comes. He, he he's running to Lisa now. Okay, and I'm about to take off. <laughs> I'm watching this on my phone. I'm a little behind y'all. Yeah. Yeah. All right, look, so, here he But he nearly right. takes me out. This is every day when we start. <laughs> look, look. He said, "Come on, let's go." And look at Mr. <laughs> Buddy. Guys, <laughs> here we go. All right, here we go. See, look, he's trying to knock me. I watch him cut me off. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Off. Oh, now here we go. Oh, there he goes. He's completely cutting you off. Yeah, yeah. He is tangled up all in your legs, man. <laughs> yeah. So there we go on our own journey. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Y'all, is there a happier dog on earth right there? Look at him just so happy running with daddy. Yeah, so that's just, you know, Speedy one. That was us, me and Buddy running. Yeah, that's what that I is gold. I get to hurting about halfway through it and I struggle. Yeah, so how do how, you run and then run back or do you walk back and then run again? I run. I run the whole time. The whole time. And uh, so down that, their back, down their back, some mile. And it looks like that, Mr. Buddy, the hardest thing is to get your shoes on with him coming there trying to get after you. Yeah, and as you take off, he tries to knock you down. But once you get going, he settles in. All right. Know? Now, then you said you and Lisa did a music video? Yeah, we were bored, so we're starting to do music videos. So you just hang with it. You're not going to like the choice of song, but it's. Look, wait, look at Greg's face. What am <laughs> I seeing? What is this? What? <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> we gotta get out of this pandemic and I mean now. Oh, this is gold. Gold. Let me tell you something. We're gonna technology we, something, isn't it? Those not funny. See if this this video alone, Greg, and seeing what you what you've been reduced to, you're running with a dog mm. and doing videos at home with Love Shack. We got to get back to work. Yeah, yeah. Girl, I, I missed the dog video. I couldn't. I was mine was way behind, and then I reloaded it about the time the music video started. So I missed Mr. Buddy. No, oh, Mr. Bubba. Buddy, something else. Uh, Bubba. So let me ask you. I thought you had a well. That, that was back at Radio Free Bubba. I thought you had right. a monitor that was just the Rick and Bubba YouTube channel. Well, I, I'm trying to watch it on my phone, but I don't know why it was delayed. Mm, there it knows. is. Can you see now, that now? Can you see him now? Yeah, we're showing Greg. Uh, Greg, is this your sit-down spot where now you always put now the shoes on? Now I got it. Yes. Yeah. So if, yes. You, if you go to this spot and sit down, he knows what's coming. 
Yes, he knows I'm putting my shoes on, so he uh -huh. gets fired up. Yeah. Ready? Ready? Like I said, he, he tries to knock you down when you first start, and then he settles in. That's his thing, right? Knock, yeah. knock whoever it is down. Right. Boom. Yeah. You. That's not the type of dog you run with. He's trying to keep you from running. I know. I know. Right. I know. He settles in. You went out pretty hard. You keep that pace up. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to say. I came out a little hard, and it, it cost me late. Did yeah. you feel, like, nervous knowing that Lisa was, was was taping it for us that you needed to try to get your form up and to try exactly. to convince us this is really your pace? Yeah, because that's normally not my pace I started. <laughs> right. now, do, you, do you always dress like just John when you go out for a run? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I saw hey, B. You got to wear something that's going to make you sweat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, are, now Greg, you're not y'all. None of us are. I know we're not. We can't be. I, may, I don't know. Maybe a Helms. Are any of y'all like these? I've noticed these guys that like for it to get blazing hot, and they walk around with these long sleeve pullovers on, so they'll walk around sweating all the time. The hotter, I, I mean, it could be a thousand degrees, and they'll have it on and sweating. Yeah, ain't a problem with me sweating, Rick. No, me. Wingo either. does that, by the way. Yeah. Rich Wingo is in a hoodie and sweats year round over at the uh, workout. I know. Right. I've noticed that. For some reason at the house, Reese is taking that on. Hey, hey, he's hoodie all the time. Really? He's just sweating like crazy. Wait a minute. Here's the other end of the spectrum. You just brought something up I've been meaning to bring up and forgot. Is young Broderick, the Tasmo, does the same thing. He puts on a hoodie. and by, to See if there's any science behind this, Bubba. And I said, why are you in a hoodie? And I went downstairs to his room, and he has it freezing cold. Mm-hmm. He says, "Well, when I'm in here having to do work and I'm having to edit videos and I'm having to do I'm having to do online classes, I think clearer if I'm if it's a cold room, so I make it real cold and then I wear a hoodie and that keeps me focused." Does that make what? <laughs> so if he want it cold, why are you wearing a hoodie? Well, he says he wants it so cold he needs a hoodie. And he said and then that that helps him to think clear. I'm not mm. You know, Rick, that's out of my area of expertise. Yeah, I, I don't follow. Now, I, I do love to be. I'd much that's rather. That's a very limited area. I have any expertise, keep in mind. Yeah, well, let, let me tell you this. Don't you sell yourself <laughs> short, Mr. Percentage. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, I, I was, I was no, actually, I prefer to be in a cold room, but same reason. If I'm in a warm room, I, I'm no good. I'm not productive at all. I'd much rather be in a cooler room where I have to, I guess what he's doing, I'd rather have to put clothes on to stay warm then I'm sitting here and I'm 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 in the you know the next thing I do would mean I'd be arrested and I'm mm -hmm. still hot yeah you know I, I can't stand to be in a hot room yeah a hot stuffy room I hate it I, and I and I'd much rather work in a cooler room yes I, I just I don't I've never been a hoodie guy except when it's really cold I don't know why because yeah. I can't hear as good or yeah something. yeah I don't do I don't do hoodies either. maybe I'm missing out on something I don't know well I you know guys I'm I'm wearing a hoodie I'm wearing a hoodie because my wife has a thermostat set to I don't know 52 it feels like at this point but <laughs> that's just because I'm uh, this is me well according to young Broderick the Tasmo you should be focused like a laser yeah All right, like so, a laser beam top of the hour Frank Caliendo is with us next. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Radio's Dream Team. Rick Burgess, Bill Bubba Bussy, Calvin Speedy Wilburn, The Real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, and Eddie Van Adler. Six minutes past the hour... Some of us from the Broadcast Plaza and Teleport, others in various home studios all across the country. We've got Helmsy, the real Greg Burgess, Eddie Van Adler. Joining us this hour, the great Frank Caliendo will be here. Speedy, 
uh, Stretch Armstrong and yours truly here at the Broadcast Plaza and Teleports. And welcome back for a brand new hour, Bill Bubba Bussy. Hey, Bubs, how you doing? Rick, Rick, glad to be here. Thank all of you for joining us uh, during our pandemic edition of the Rick and Bubba Show. Well, you know, we've been talking about how much of our economy is tied to people gathering. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks right now that uh, are trying their best uh, with the technology we have, including us, to do things from their home. And now we peek into the home of Frank Caliendo. Hello, Frank. Frank. Hey, guys. I have never seen. Was that Speedy looking into the camera there? That it was just his forehead on Rick's camera? Yes. <laughs> that, yes, that, yes. that was maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> just that bald head coming into the camera. And I just looked at it and went, what? That's his noggin. Yeah. That's- yeah. There it is. There it is. Oh, my goodness. The, uh, uh, it looked like Rick was playing with a melon of some type. Right. You didn't, you didn't know whether Speedy was trying to get you guys set up or Rick has a bizarre rear end. Yeah. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted E.T. to fly across it. <laughs> so, Frank, I wish you'd see, too, because, you know, every interview that we're doing now, you know, Zoom is the thing. Now, the Chinese government's stealing everything, you know, the personal of ours, but we must Zoom anyway. Uh, but the uh, – and you get that a lot. Like, we had uh, some outdoors guys that come on the show and uh, periodically and do some stuff. Well, of course, these are guys like, you know, that are almost my dad's age, some of them, and, and to tell them to get on Zoom. So you dial over, and it's just their nostrils. They have their nose completely up on the camera, and you're like, "Okay, hey Moultrie, back off the nostrils a little bit. You you don't have to be right up on that little that little green light." And uh, so, yeah, but you look like a nice little setup there. Tell us about your setup. Oh, this is just I, this isn't even the studio. This is just my home office. So I just had the microphone set up. Rick, or I'm sorry, Bubba walked me through uh, how to set up the audio on my computer as we were getting set up. Uh, yeah, how, how Zoom friendly are you, Frank? Not not much. <laughs> And he was like, well, I'll fix it. Don't worry. We've had plenty of this. <laughs> you know, there. Well, uh, Frank, I know you're pretty tech savvy because you Comrex in a lot of times. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you don't want, you, you have to kind of, you know, we were running out of time and I was kind of trying to bridge into, hey, Frank, how familiar are you with that? You know, no, I know you did it. You did it well because at first I thought you were just being helpful. Then I realized you were annoyed, but Southern still. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Hey, 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 hey. This is going to uh, look. Can, I could help you out there. You see that little thing that looks like a roof there? Uh, <laughs> press on that. What yeah. is that symbol, by the way? Does anybody know? I don't even know what that is. Uh, I, I think it's the greater than pointed toward heaven. I think yeah. that's what it, it, it gives you the answers. Is that um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't really worked on this before. I was mostly doing Zoom without a microphone. So uh, the Rick and Bubba show has brought me up to a, another tech level. Well, well you the, know, it sounds great, Frank. You sound excellent. Yeah, it does. What, of course, you know, back to your original comment, you know, Bubba, his, his background is engineer. So when we started, you know, it started out as we would simply just do computers at home. Well, Mr. Mr. Engineer Bussy could not have that. And he has been creating these home studios for everybody. And let me tell you something. He had, he had no reservation creating you one as well. Uh, and, 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 and the no, microphone. I was, I was glad good. to have it. It, it. The funny thing is I've just been kind of winging it. And when people have information, because I get worried that when once I start messing with something, that I'm going to just make it worse. Yeah. So if somebody gives me information, I can blame them. 
And that's when they realized Frank just didn't want to take any of the blame for himself. That is <laughs> correct. So let, let's talk a little bit about the reality. <clears throat> I know that you're not on tour all the time, but you know, uh, you know, tours and, and going out, uh, that's a, that's a pretty big deal for a lot of people. And, and how, how much of our economy has been tied to people gathering, uh, I, I guess, did you have, uh, were you shut down or were you already off tour when this hit anyway? How did it affect uh, that? For you? I actually had the bulk of my work was, uh, coming up in this next month. Uh, so I lost about a, uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to make it, this isn't a sob story because I'm in a, I'm, I, I'm in a better position than a lot of people. So I'm just telling you where I come from is my own uh, personal, but I lost about a quarter uh, to probably a third of what I was going to make for the year in this time. Some of it might come back. Some of it might not. I'm a pretty good saver. I've always been a, um, an old soul. So I've, I've planned maybe not for this, but planned a little bit. Uh, and I've been lucky enough blessed enough to, to be able to do that so uh, uh yeah just going every day is uh you know every day is just going and see what waiting it out i, I and, and i'm kind of a i don't know where you guys stand on everything it looks like you guys are uh part of uh being part of society which is i think the best thing to do if you can i know some people uh need to be uh, essential services and stuff like that but staying home be out of it I, and i'm a I'm one of those. I'm a nonconformist. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a person who doesn't like to be in the group think. I. I, I think. I believe. I think for myself, most of the time. At least I think I do. Um, but this is one of those things. I go. You know what? I, it's for the greater good. And uh, let's let's see what happens. And just I, that's why I've been making the silly videos about stay home. That's that's the one thing. Um, watching everybody. It, nothing makes me sadder than a celebrity. Like people you find to be the funniest in the world. Been like, uh, and that's why we need to just stay home. Uh, I, and tear comes down like, thank, yeah. You. Yeah. thank you, Jack Black. I appreciate it. Frank, it looks like your daughter's been uh, very active in a lot of things that you're doing lately, even before you were quarantined uh, or staying at home voluntarily. But it's uh, it's really funny to see her uh, in action now with you. Yeah, she's great. Um, she's been doing the Gruden, the Grunt, the John Gruden stuff, man. She's like, I tell you what, man. Uh, <laughs> she's been really fun with that. Um, we did an Avengers uh, parody yesterday that uh, we just put out. She was playing Nebula. I was doing Tony Stark tremendously, by the way. Okay. Um, and uh, my son even gotten involved, and he does James Earl Gruden because uh, oh, wow, <laughs> he started doing his Gruden. Like, I tell you what, man. I was like, holy cow, that's a deep voice. So. <laughs> My son came into the, the kitchen of, of about a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, uh, my Madden isn't that good. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're, mad? you're 15 years old. Nobody your age even knows who John Madden is <laughs> unless their dad doesn't Don't sweat it him. yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what's the, what's the problem? He was like, here's a guy. I'm like, that's actually pretty good, buddy. I, I just don't know if it'll ever be useful again. Well, you, uh, do you have a Christopher Walken? Because we, we're watching, and Greg's not there now, but he'll be in a minute. See, none of us, people can't go get their hair cut. If you don't cut your hair at home, uh, which, you know, explains your hair today, Frank, but if you, can't, if you can't cut your hair at home, I mean, your hair is just growing, and we think Greg is morphing into Christopher Walken. First of all, I took a Zoom shower this morning. Just <laughs> Normally, I would not be showered anywhere near this early. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure I could. I'm no Kevin Pollock, but I can do 
Kevin Spacey. I'm sorry, wrong Kevin. <laughs> wow, where'd Kevin Spacey come from? You shouldn't even talk about me. I'm not. Uh, I'm off. I'm off limits right now. <laughs> wow, I, I'm doing Christopher Walken saying the wrong name. It's crazy. <laughs> That's pretty good off the off the cuff, by the way. Frank. I, had to, I had to warm up into it. It takes a while. The uh, yeah yeah we took uh, we we took uh, you know the other Kev and we just kind of said uh, he he's done didn't we I mean you can you even speak of him anymore because I know you were doing the uh, the impression there and you realize he's been canceled out of society. Uh yeah I throw it in with a little nod to a joke that I shouldn't be doing <laughs> about not not that I that I shouldn't be saying it I don't know that that he did some bad things it's kind of a innuendo thing where I let the audience make up the joke themselves. And they, they, a lot of times they go, ooh, I'm like, I didn't say anything. You just made it up yourself. And they're like, okay, Frank, we got it. There's that thing again <laughs> where you always try to set up a scenario where you blame someone else. Absolutely. Why not? That's the best way to go. Yeah, right? yeah we'll come back more with Frank Caliendo. By the way, if you want to see the things he's been doing from home, the end days thing is uh, the Avengers thing. It's hilarious, by the way. Instagram, at Frank Caliendo, and same thing on Twitter, at Frank Caliendo. And you can see everything this Frank is doing. And, and a man like Frank Caliendo with time on his hands. Oh, boy. Uh, dangerous. Look, it, it's dangerous. It's dangerous, but it's gold. We benefit from it. So enjoy it. We'll be right back. More with Frank Caliendo next. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. This is Morgan Freeman. Back to the matter is, the Rick and Bubba show was something I could not do without. Ah, yes. Changing the landscape of radio forever. Rick and Bubba. 21 minutes past the hour. The voice work of Frank Caliendo as Morgan Friedman. Frank joining us now, and we were discussing in the break how we all feel the social pressure to all participate in Zoom. Uh, and uh, so uh, we, we since we're doing the... The YouTube feed and the radio. Zoom gives us the option for you to see and hear people. And thanks to Bubba's engineering expertise, we've also upgraded the audio as best as we can. And Frank's got his studio there, just like he likes it. And uh, and it, it has been uh, an interesting time. And I can tell it's kind of thrown you for a loop, Frank. I mean, we're this this is like Bubba said. We've never done this before. And, it's our first pandemic. Hey, you know, <laughs> aren't you? Because we're really accustomed to. Well, like where we live, hey, tornadoes are coming easy, and so then that lasts about twenty four hours, and then you go back to what you were doing before. Nothing has ever had the till further notice. Do this TFN, right. and it feels just bizarre. Well, you feel like you have no control, right? You, you and you start to wonder, did I? How much did I ever have over anything? And that's that's a big thought. Yeah. I will tell you this: as far as looking on the bright side of everything, I have not sat down for as many meals as a family as I have in the last week and a half. It's been, it's been, it's, it's been eye opening to how little time we actually spent as a family before. And we're, I think we're a pretty good family. I have two really good kids. Um, You know, they, they get in their own little bits of trouble and I do stupid things too. It, It happens. But, uh, just that extra time. It's time that I've spent with my daughter and my son that I, 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 was, I didn't realize how much I was missing it. Because when they're little, they need you, right? They need you for everything. They need you to feed them. That's up till about, what, 13? And then, uh, <laughs> then they're they, out of there. <laughs> no, but they, they, they need you for stuff. That, and I know 
as they get to that preteen and teen, they start to, and you want them to become their own individuals, but then they start to break off and do their own things. And you don't see them that much. And now without school and them learning at home, I've been trying to learn polynomials and whatnot. I guess we might have to zoom in uh bail Bubba Bussy for that. <laughs> no, 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 you're not, but you're, you're, no, I'm not a numbers guy. I proved that earlier this week. <laughs> <laughs> Let me inside on that because that was a big laugh from Rick. What well, well B- Bubba declared that ten percent of the population had coronavirus, and it was like point one percent. But still. no, th- then I corrected myself to know it was one percent, and it's actually you know some decimal point. point one. But really, look, I it was early for crying out loud. Okay, see, I believe it's way more than people think. I think people have had it and didn't even know, and it's just I, it's it's undetectable for for a lot of people. It's a weird thing because. A lot of the, again, I'm not trying to make uh, light of any of this. This is uh, just inside of Frank thought, and you can tell me if I'm completely crazy. But a lot of people who are passing away from that's la- that are labeled coronavirus deaths are because it's a novel virus. And the way it's been explained to me is that all your antibodies and everything go to fight that virus, and it leaves you wide open for everything else. So if you have cancer or something else, yeah. You're going to die from the cancer, not from the coronavirus. Correct. Correct. And that's that's what happens. So, um, and all life is important, I believe. So, I'm not trying to diminish that at all, anyway, or demean that. But in terms of, I think there's a, just a lot of it out there, and the weakest and are the most unfortunate at this point. So, it, so oh, we'll we'll see. I just think a lot of people have it or have had it. I wonder if even people around here had it before doctors were saying or seen a lot of viral stuff before that nobody was testing for in Arizona. Who knows? There are people coming. That's one of the weird things about all this, uh, you know, and I don't know how you stop it. I don't, but the, the global, you know, we're so interconnected. How much do we depend on China? Wow. How much do we depend on these other countries? And you're going, Holy cow. I don't know if that's the best thing to do is depend on a communist country when we don't, that's not really our value, but we can't get anything without them. That's, that's the scary thing. And it's nothing against Chinese people that it's got to do with a government. If our government was the same way or some, some other government, I'd be like, that stuff just scares me. I, 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 I don't, I don't trust our government either, but I trust them, I think, a little bit more than some of those other governments around the world, you know? Yeah. Does it make us all feel uneasy that every time they try to t- give us a hopeful message on hydroxychloroquine, every single reel they show us is Chinese people making it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem like we're in the middle of a Bond movie or something. <laughs> it's like, wait, it really does. Wait a minute. Is this coming from China, too? I mean, it's like... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, look, we've we've done a lot of outsourcing. Maybe we need to draw a little of that back, like with critical medicine and critical yeah. electronics. Maybe just just a little, just a little. Yeah, because they're watching us on all, through all the electronics that they've sent us. They're watching <laughs> us go. Ah, oh, we don't know what to do, and they're like, perfect. Yeah. So, well, you I remember when remember when that face app came out? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And everybody's talking about how that was a Russian company, and everybody was worried about that. How come nobody's worried about anything else? It's weird what we decide, what the media decides to worry about. We should probably be worried about all of it. But then I had a friend who was saying Maybe up, we should be worried about the media, Frank. Well, but yeah, Frank. I, I, I believe some of that. I, I, I believe that, too. I, I'm a, and I'm pretty much a middle-of-the-road type of person, but I don't – you know, if somebody's far left, I try to listen to what they have to say. If they're way further right than me, I, have to, I listen. I go, okay, we, you know, I agree on these points. I try to find the points of agreement. 
that's what I always think is important is like, hey, I'm different than you, but I can see where you're coming from. Uh, let's let's have another discussion. Not that I never want to hear from you again kind of thing. I, I, that stuff drives me crazy. Well, like we said, the biggest thing that we've got to get back to, and this goes back to our concerns, is we have to be allowed to actually practice critical thinking. I mean, it, it, critical thinking has become like it's not op- apropos. No, you, you, you can't critical think or you're a bad person. No, critical thinking has solved a lot of problems for us and kept us from a lot of problems. We've always dodged some bullets when somebody said, you know, this just doesn't feel right. I think we need to be real careful here. My son does it all the time. My son is a my son is a very like a high level critical thinker for a 15 year old boy. And that's. He he will go, come home from school and said, "Well, the teacher said this and this and this." He goes, "But they're assuming these three things to say that." And I go, right. "Right." He goes, "I go, what's what's making you so mad?" But he's like, "Everybody just goes along with it." I'm like, "Well, you're the one who's going to be important because you're going to be the one who's probably the boss someday. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to think those ways and create your own uh, ideas. Don't just do what everybody else is doing. If that had you know been what we did through the history of time." Like you said, we would just be all the same. The fact that we're different is what makes everything great. And that's that's the weird thing I see nowadays where everybody's trying to conform everybody to the same way of thinking. It's like, no, 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 no. We need people to think different. We need people to go. We need to question ourselves. You question everything. Yeah. Did we learn nothing from the children's story, the emperor's clothing? I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, did that that story was a very important story. And we can't forget that lesson. Sometimes you have to say the emperor has no clothes on. And I'm just going to tell you that's what's really going on here. And if I get in trouble for it, I can't just sit here and pretend he has clothes on. Yeah. Uh, so we'll Frank, uh, I question myself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Frank Caliendo joining us. Quarantine like the rest of us as we kind of talk through this historic time in our country and our society. More with Frank Caliendo when we come back. Stay close. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Proving daily that common sense is a superpower. American heroes, Rick and Bubba. It is 35 minutes past the hour, and we thank you for being with us. The Gridiron Men's Conference, and we were just talking about this in the break, we can't keep postponing everything forever. Uh, and uh, right now we are still scheduled to go uh, Father's Day weekend, uh, and it'll be for the first time ever in Huntsville, Alabama. It's been to Tuscaloosa for years and landed in Birmingham for many years, and uh, this year it will be in Huntsville, Alabama for the first time. And I'm looking forward to being there with David Jeremiah, uh, also being there with Steve Farrar. Larry, the cable guy, is, is going to be there as well. Uh, Charles Billingsley, who does have uh, COVID-19 uh, right now and, and is working through it to get to the other side, but he should be fine uh, by then. And uh, Phil Waldrop will be there uh, as well. Uh, if you are, are planning, uh, you know, hey, here's what we're going to Also, Josh Rivas will be part of it as well. If you'd like to find out more, go ahead and get your tickets, put them together, start getting your accommodations. Maybe this will be a great time that we can celebrate, uh, you know, the return of our society and, of course, talking about the things that are most important. And uh, that is, uh, you know, uh, where are we spiritually in our life? And are we the men that God has called us to be? And if not, uh, what what can be done? Uh, We'll be there, and we'll have that time together. Gridironmen.com. Gridironmen.com. It'll be Father's Day weekend. Uh, There's also a link at rickandbubba.com under the Sponsors button. And uh, because we were just talking, you know, in the break, we can't – 
you know, and I know these are difficult decisions coming our way, but, uh, and we were, we've been talking this a lot. I think the, the most level-headed comment that I made, if you take all the politics out of it and you just talk about logic, uh, the fact of the matter is, now I've turned into Frank, I'm Morgan Freeman now, the fact <laughs> of the matter is, uh, but the, we are making decisions going forward, not lives versus money, not lives versus the stock market. We're making decisions going forward. It's lives versus lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and, and the, to say anything other is just politics and propaganda. We have decisions to make going forward, and one of them, as we just said, we can't just keep saying we're all going to sit here like this forever and ever. Can't. And um, and so there's decisions well, that's, that have to that's be That's one of the things, Rick, that I think was is important about the NFL draft, and I've had friends that have spoken out and think that there shouldn't have been an NFL draft, and I'm like, but so many of us look forward to parts of life. We look forward a lot. I know it's more college football where you guys are in the South, but it's you know a, a lot of the country, NFL, especially in the Midwest, East Coast, uh, is the NFL season. You, if you're a, a, you know the movie Invincible. Did you ever see that with Mark oh, yeah. Wahlberg? Sure. The whole city just cares about the Philadelphia Eagles. They just care about those games. And there's a lot of people that they're blue collar workers. They go to work, they come home that on the weekend is something special for them. It's a family event. It's an important thing, but it gets them through uh, that. And it's the fun part of their lives. And if you don't have an NFL draft, it means you're not going to have a normal NFL season. So if you take away the draft, you take away some hope, even if it doesn't start on time. I don't, I don't think it, I, I think it probably doesn't start on time. Maybe it starts a little bit late, but at least you have hope that it's going to be there. And yeah. that's the, that's the thing. When people go after the people who have those hopes, it's not saying necessarily anything is going to happen uh, in that way. But why is it we can do, we can base all our predictions off these models of how many people are going to, uh, pass away and how many will get sick and stuff like that. It's fine to predict that and be wrong and change it, but it's not okay to predict when we're going to be back uh, or, you know, working at some type of normal society uh, and then get that wrong and change it. That's, it. It doesn't make sense. You're allowed to fix one, but you're not allowed to fix yeah. the other. And that's totally what you said, Rick. That goes back to politics. And I believe all every, everybody in the media on all sides is playing that too. Some just louder than others. But it's a it's one of those things you you listen to, you watch, and you go, come on, can't you guys put this aside for a minute and just think about people as people instead of people as win and loss? No, of course no. Uh, but well, but but still, that, <laughs> but but that doesn't mean that the rest of us have to behave that way, and it doesn't mean we can't point to it and say, I'll tell you what that is right there. But you just hit on it, and I, this has been said before, and certainly you know with with those of us that do have a biblical worldview. We know what this means to us, but it really means the same. You know, it, was, uh, uh, it has its own meaning to those out there that may not share our beliefs. But you just touched on it because it might be something like, "I want to see football season start back again." We can live without a lot of things, but what human beings cannot live without is hope. You yep, can't. Right. Yep. And and Greg, I remember the time, and I don't remember the story in details of the story of the blue collar guy. He he's a farmer. He he's in the small town. He's, he's working himself to death, you know, 15 hour days. And every Saturday he and his wife would go into town and they would go watch a movie at the, at the local theater. And so, you know, he, they had children. It, the story gets kind of rough. She passes away and he gets his kids and he's headed back to go to the movie on a Saturday night. And they said, is this something you're doing, you know, to remember your wife? He said, well, yes, but the, the, the key to life is I would, we would work ourselves to the bone all week 
but the Saturday night movie gave us something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, in order to be able to get through some of the things you got to get through in life that just have to be done that sometimes are not great and they're hard to do, the way you get through them is by always setting something that you have to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And we call that hope in some places. We call that, hey, I've got a, a, you know, a certain type of entertainment. You know, Even in depression, people were trying to go to be entertained. And see, the problem with this, they were still allowed to gather. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and see, we can't. And so let me ask you that question. In your line of work, and I know it's a tough line to walk, but I can remember, and I know you have to be, everybody goes after you if, you, if you're not super serious sometimes and all this, and, and we certainly try to balance that on our show that's literally about anything, serious things and goofy things. But I can remember when my wife and I went through, you know, our toughest tragedy, and that was the, the earthly death of our youngest son. My wife talked about the first time that she ate a piece of chocolate. She said, I remember feeling guilty about going and getting a piece of chocolate. Chocolate, should I eat a piece of chocolate? She said, but I did, the first day I did that was my first step back. Not, you know, aside from the spiritual things that we knew. I'm talking about just, or she said, I gave myself a piece of chocolate. And then all of a sudden she said, I remember the first time I laughed again. And it was, it was listening to comedy. She goes, and I laughed. So, so I, I, I want people like you to understand, we still need you to do what you do. But, but you got to balance it. But don't, give, don't, don't feel guilty for putting out things that we all just laugh at. Yeah, I, I think people need it. I, I've had some people come after me for some of the things I've been doing, but I don't do harsh. Uh, it, the jokes are never about people getting sick or something. It's usually about toilet paper yeah, or a right. silly way to stay home uh, that gets the message across, but also is just an interesting, goofy turn on it or, or, or uh, twist. And it's just being silly. And it's and people will come and say, hey, don't you realize I do? But we can't all live sad all the time. And right. if you don't want to see it, just block me on social media. You have the choice. Yeah. You can just turn me off on it. It's that, that's the one thing that I, I go back to. And I, if people start coming after me, somebody and people come after you for the weirdest things. <laughs> like I, I, I was doing a, I did a little video with my, my daughter and it was out in her backyard. And it looks like a, it, it's big. It's a big ranchy kind of looking thing. People are like, "Would you live in a compound?" And like, what? What's the difference? That's not the point of the video. <laughs> no, we, the we video know what you, is, we know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, well, hey, do you know the sacrifice? I work for this too. I, right. I wasn't home. I missed first steps. I did a lot of things, and I'm not going to complain about you know. Uh, things I shouldn't complain. I'm not going to sing uh, Imagine with uh, a oh bunch my of gosh. super beautiful, famous people. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but uh, Speaking of Larry the Cable Guy, he went after them pretty hard. He was right. Mm-hmm. That's what that is right there. Can't tell you. Imagine there's no celebrity. There you go. That's the funny stuff right there. He retweeted. He's he's great. I love him. Yeah, he's yeah. the best. Yeah. That's what that is right there. Could have been. What would you say? Go to the South. They'll tell you. <laughs> Good Good South but so just do, and look so don't you're right and and because people need to therapeutic humor as well like you say don't don't be um you know disrespectful about the seriousness of it but the thing about the toilet paper i said on the air one day you know because we always talk about we're getting to spend time with our families and we all know that really has been good but i yeah. but, but then you can make a lot of that too i said the other day my wife told me you know i miss missing you uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's, uh, you know, and we know what she means. Well, yeah. We, you know, and, and well, we laugh and like now, well, you know how we said our society had changed when we were all growing up, Frank, I don't know, uh, how our ages are. I think we're pretty close in age, but when we were growing up, you ate meals at home every single day, multiple meals, and then you went out to eat on special occasions. 
Well, yeah. before this, our culture had changed. We eat out every day and cook on special occasions. <laughs> yeah. So now we're shifted back to the old way because at our house, mom having food, you know, after she survived the trip to the grocery store, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, we, we don't go out and kill what we eat, even though we're stereotyped that we all do that. Now, do I have deer meat in the freezer? I do. Mm-hmm. So the stereotype <laughs> still sticks a little bit. But, <laughs> but, you know, we're not, we're not all, you know, I know everybody thinks if you're from Alabama, we have overalls on and we all farm our own food. But so my wife goes and, and, and comes back from the successful trip to the grocery store or whoever we sent. But what's happened now is eating at home is now the norm. And then there's that moment where someone dare say, what do you think about trying to maybe go get something curbside? You know, and now that's become the big event of, of you know, we're cooking the meals. We're spending time together. You touched on that. All that's been a, a great, great change of pace. I love the change of pace. Uh, of course, then the pace can get too slow. But so you got to do something, but, 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 but what, but then it's now turned around again. We're back to eating most of the meals and going curbside is some big adventure. Yeah. I remember when we would go to, there was a place called the chancery, uh, in, in Waukesha where I grew up right outside of Milwaukee. And, uh, that was our special thing. We might go out once every couple few weeks yeah. and we would go out to eat as a family. And everything else was my mom making dinner at home. But my dad was an old school Italian kind of guy. And um, so he, you know, he, he, he didn't believe in cooking for himself in any way, shape or form. <laughs> everything was prepared for him all the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I, and I had friends who going to McDonald's was a big event for them. Like oh, yeah. they wouldn't even go out to eat fast food. That was a Bobby. big deal for them. But now it seems like up until this point, that's all we did. Like you said, we would just constantly be out uh, and bringing stuff in every single day to a point. I don't remember my wife cooking before this whole thing went down. And it might, my, I really don't. And that's, and some, sometimes that's a good thing, but my mother-in-law is here too right now. And I'll, it, this is the other thing. She's been here for a while. She stays here about a quarter of the year. It's, it's longer right now because they didn't want her to go back sure. during this uh, situation, which I think was the correct call. Um, but she like, I'll eat well all day. And then there'll be spaghetti and oh, meatballs yeah. Yeah. and everything. And it's and I'll have like 1,800 calories going into it, and I'll finish with 4,000 by the end of the night. And <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right, we'll come back. We'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll do one more segment with Frank Caliendo. We could stay with him for hours. What does he got to do? He ain't going to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time that Frank's like said, look, I, as much as you guys want, I'm good. <laughs> Uh, See, that's another good thing. More time with Frank. He has yeah. no gigs. All right, we'll come back. Family. Family. We, we have nothing to hawk, but it's social media. That's all we got. We'll be right back. Take off. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. This is Jack Nicholson. Guess what? You're listening to the two sexiest fat men in radio. Rick. And Bubba. I myself call them Richard and Bubsy. But that's another story. We're back. Frank Caliendo as Jack Nicholson. He joins us from uh, his home like the rest of us. Uh, the gang's all here. And, and Frank, I want to talk about this because I know you, you're doing stuff on social media while, while you're at home, which is great. The, uh, the, uh, the end game or uh, the, the Avengers parody you just did is out. You can see that at Frank Caliendo. Uh, either on Instagram or Twitter, and but 
you, when Speedy came in and said the next thing, and Bubba, I don't know if you know this or not because this was said here at the studio. Frank wanted us to know that his he's been deemed. Well, what is it? Oh, uh, um, yesterday, yesterday he said, look, um, if y'all have a chance on Twitter, uh, you know, uh, I did some stuff and I said, well, um, we'll retweet that. And he goes, well, just a heads up. It was deemed, uh, what was it? Sensitive, sensitive material comment, Con- S- sensitive sens- content, yeah, sensitive I, content. Yeah. And he said, but it's actually not. So don't let that scare you. And I'm like, <laughs> that what? Happened. I have no idea because uh, maybe because I said the word quarantine in it. I don't know. They're scanning. It's so weird. But everybody, if you can't say the word quarantine, we're all in a lot of trouble. And I'm trying to, you know, say a message of stay home right now kind of a thing. If you can, that's the whole deal. And so I put it, I spent a week and a half editing this thing, putting it together, got the, my friend who does the music. And then I put it out yesterday morning because I was doing some uh, different interviews. and I thought it was the right time to put out. And then somebody texted me and said, I can't see it. Uh, what, what, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. And then I was retweeting stuff with comment because when you put a little secret of what I do is, and a lot of people do this who, who uh, put out their content, is you, if I tweet something and then you retweet with content, comment and put something silly about it or whatever, like love to see Juliet, I will almost always like that. And a lot of times I retweet that as well. And people love that. It, it's just, and I yeah. get something out of it too. But if I retweeted somebody's comment on my thing, it also said sensitive content <laughs> from that person. So I was like, this is not good because people will see that and you know, be labeled that they're, they're pushing around some kind of junk, but it had nothing. So other people would take the video and you know how you can press on the Twitter video and then you can put it in somebody else's tweet. And it gives you the, um, puts your name at the bottom of the video. And it's a cleaner tweet. It's in their own tweet now. It's embedding the video in their tweet. And uh, they did that. And it wasn't flagged as sensitive. So it wasn't the video. So something happened that my single tweet that got the same video that's in somewhere else was flagged. And there was nothing wrong with it. So I later last night retweeted with my own embedded video from the original tweet and uh it was fine so there's something i don't know if somebody was mad at me for blocking them or what but uh or twitter itself just was uh, screwy but it 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 was fine yeah and it's not dirty it's clean it's pretty wholesome it's just about playing board games at home and getting bored and then looking for toilet paper that's all (laughs) so now you also have done something because your gruden has just your gruden is your modern day john madden isn't it i mean it's it's become man you went from one john to another one man just took out the h went from j-o-h-n madden to j-o-n gruden tell you what's some pretty good stuff right there man (laughs) (laughs) and so you've done what the the imaginary gruden family what is this one you did with gruden the fake Gruden family. Yeah. We just put, I, when I do John Gruden, p- people have seen it for five, ten years. They don't care about it anymore unless there's something really. If I do that with John Gruden, uh, they go nuts. They 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 go nuts for that. But if I just do it, they're like, "Yeah, he's doing Gruden again." But my family does it. People are like, "The whole family does it because the, the family becomes the character mm-hmm. instead of just the one John Gruden." So that's a lot of, that's what's been really going. So my daughter always, I tell you what, man, I tell you what, man. <laughs> my, my son, James Earl Gruden with the, I tell you what, man. So <laughs> it all that people love that. Um, and we've been doing a bunch of that, probably going to do some more. And like I said, the one thing that I went to, did I tell you about this yet? That I went to see Aerosmith with John Gruden. I saw it on, I saw it on, uh, no, social you hadn't media. Us about that's it. hilarious. So, 
So I go to, uh, this is before the quarantine stuff all happened by about a week or two before I went to Vegas. My son was helping my brother-in-law at a convention and, uh, uh, I texted the Gruden's right-hand guy. Cause I'm scared of John himself. And I said, uh, <laughs> hey, what are you guys doing? By the way, Gruden did in the last, last week, I think it was Gruden texted me. How you doing, man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hope you're safe, man. It's weird. It's a weird time, man. <laughs> Uh, so so I get the text. I text uh, Jeff Leonardo, who used to drive the bus for the Rolling Stones, all kinds of stuff. Um, and he um, he takes me. Uh, he t- tells me we're going to go to Aerosmith tomorrow. I'm like, oh, I, I, I'd love to go. He's like, I didn't invite you. No, not really. Um, <laughs> no, he's like, yeah, come on, meet us down there. So I get down there. Uh, I hang out with him, meet up, meet up with him. We go sit down. It's uh, Cindy Gruden, John's wife, John, Jeff Leonardo. We sit down. Gruden grabs his phone. And he's like. He starts pre presses record. He's like, okay, man, I'm here at Aerosmith getting ready for a great concert with my good friend, John Gruden. How's it going, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'll tell you what, man, it's pretty good. And he just kept calling me Johnny. He kept going. <laughs> it was very weird, but awesome that he was because I wanted to get one, but he was the one doing it. Like he was the one yeah. having fun with the fact that he was there with me. And then everybody's like, do Gruden and Caliendo actually hang out together? <laughs> like once in a while, yeah. It. <laughs> you, you know what you said? Well, apparently, if you watch the, uh, uh, you see it right there for yourself, so you can draw the own conclusion your own. <laughs> Maybe you saw it at the concert. <laughs> what, man? We're gonna go see uh, Liza Minnelli next, man. <laughs> Frank, thanks for being with us, man. Uh, keep up. Now we're all brother. saying, man. You might as well say, yeah, man. Now. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Give our best to the family. Thanks for what you're doing. Looking forward to uh, watching your latest creations from quarantine. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Frank. If you're staying with us for another hour, we'll be right back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Established in 1994 and continuing to offer the perfect balance of inspiring hope unwavering truth and a touch of goofiness the rick and bubba show six minutes past the hour somebody say from the rick and bubba broadcast plaza and teleport we thank you for being with us we got speedy stretch armstrong and yours truly at the broadcast plaza now all across various home studios the real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, Eddie Van Adler out there as well. Uh, don't forget, if you miss uh, Wednesday's Bible study, as uh, here we are in the middle of uh, Holy Week uh, tomorrow, uh, Good Friday, uh, you can go. We went through John chapter 18 yesterday, which is uh, uh, leading up till tomorrow. So you can uh, catch that on our YouTube channel or our podcast channel or look for links on Rick and Bubba's social media. Today we'll do another edition of uh, Rick and Bubba University. Uh, it'll also uh, be themed for Easter weekend. Uh, we'll be interviewing uh, Pastor Dean and Sarah today of the City Church in Tallahassee, Florida, about uh, his new book called The Unsaved Christian. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about that uh, on our podcast today. That'll be available for you as you get up this weekend. Welcome back from another home studio. There's Bill Bubba Bussy. Hey, Bubs. Rick, glad to be here. Thank all of you for joining us as we continue the broadcast during our very first pandemic. So uh, now we would have been, Tuesday would have been seven days. 
So now we have got this is day nine, mm-hmm. right? Tomorrow will be day ten. Yeah, we're for the most part wrapping up two weeks. Uh, we're a day mm-hmm. short of two weeks tomorrow. Yeah. So all right. So we've been talking about all the different gatherings and all the different cancellations, and we got this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Bubba, it appears, and you told me this in the break that Wimbledon uh, may have been prepared for this. Well, Rick, one of the big four Super Bowls uh, in the world of tennis is the championships at Wimbledon. And uh, they were prepared for this. They actually had an insurance policy that is going to pay them $141 million because they had to cancel Wimbledon because of a pandemic. So did it specify in the insurance policy pandemic or or did we want to upset the freedom from religion people again? And was it called act of God? (laughs) You know, I don't know the exact phrasing on it, but I do know that they took out this policy in in 2003 after the SARS uh, scare that we had, which was another uh, epidemic you know, potentially pandemic type situation. So, and they, they've been paying $2 million a year for this insurance policy. So now they're going to uh, reap the benefits of that. It looks like, and won't be, of course they made more money than that, but it won't be a total loss for them. All right. And now I got to find out from the insurance company. Can somebody take 16 times 2 million? Mm. All right. Cause I want to know how much the insurance company got. It looks like Wimbledon is going to win on this one. Mm. Yeah, uh, they're gonna they're gonna come out okay. Although they they had to come out of pocket for a little bit. Yeah, so well, I guess it'd be fourteen. I mean, so we, we, it's uh, that would have been seventeen. I'm not, I'm not even going seventeen years ago because this is 2020. So seventeen times two is thirty four. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so thirty four million <laughs> they paid. And they're going to walk away with 141 million. So they came out ahead. They came out ahead. Yeah, that, they were expected to, to generate more than 300 million in revenue yeah. this year. So they, they, but on the insurance side, they sure are coming out. Yeah, just on the insurance what? side. Yeah, we're not talking about overall, but they, they were able to minimize their losses uh, as opposed to if they had to, had to eat all of it. Yeah. But think about this. See, they also don't have the expenses of putting on the tournament. True, true. So, true. you know, they're going to save probably 100 to $150 million on that probably. So they're going to come out all right. And that's what insurance is for. You know, you gamble. Uh, yeah. The folks at Wimbledon was gambling <laughs> that there would be a pandemic, and the insurance company was gambling there would not be. I, I love when we figured that day that all hit for us, how insurance really works. Yeah. Like in yeah. this case, we went, all right, Two million dollars a year. We're going to take from you. And we're going. To, we're going to. We're going to bet there's no pandemic. And then Wimbledon goes. I bet there's going to be. And that's how <laughs> yeah, it works. I, does it? Does the story say who they had that insurance with? Uh, I want. Uh, you know, you're looking for yeah. Lords of Is London. Is that a Lloyd's it? of London type deal? Let me see. Uh, it probably says one big enough to handle that. Yeah, it, it just says the pandemic sure. insurance policy. Uh, is what I'm seeing here. That's all. It's, that's that's what it says. It doesn't name the company. I bet maybe in an extended story it may, but it doesn't say it in here. So, uh, but that does sound like that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. All right. So, staying with sports a little bit, mm, is Mike Leach ever going to coach it down for Mississippi State? Because I think <laughs> when when you look at the politically correct world we're living in, I'm not sure the Mike Leaches of the world can survive. You, you know, we, we, you know, when you're at a point now where you can't say anything, you got to watch every little word you say. And someone who's liable to say anything at any time, like Mike Leach, and of course, Greg, our dad, if he was still coaching, um, you know, is uh, can these people make it in this environment? I mean, we got Mike Leach having to go to the Civil Rights Museum and look around and, and has got a player claiming he's transferring uh, all for putting something out 
that was obviously a a play on all of us being in the pandemic thing with our families and how our, you know spending a lot of time with people sometimes can get on your nerves and us making jokes about that and somehow because the woman was weaving together a hangman's noose for her husband that 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 statement and that picture is somehow racist because of the horrible things that happened to African American uh, people in the in the Deep South uh, during the Civil Rights Movement. You know, I just I've said before a hangman's noose has been around longer than that, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're I didn't I just don't know if Mike Leach can survive in all this. It's getting well, tough, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about earlier, I bet if you look a little closer, there's more reasons that player wants to leave than that. Sure. This just gave him a way to go and be some, you know, some type of hero by doing it. Because, I mean, you're going to transfer over that. I, I imagine he didn't like the way things were going anyway. Right, right. yeah. Yeah, Greg, yeah, I heard the, you say – The question is, where is he on the depth chart right now? Exactly. Yeah, Greg, I heard you say that in kickoff hour, and I think you're 100% correct. Look, he's got now, – now we're taking the coach and say – this is the thing that gets me – so we're going to assume that Mike Leach, and this is how ridiculous our society has gotten, that Mike Leach, he wouldn't have put this out if he really understood the civil rights movement. So we're going to mandate, like the thought police, we're not going to we're going to reprogram Mike Leach and take him to the civil rights museum and make him tour it so he'll better understand uh, about him putting something out he thought was funny and how that could somehow, if you really pay attention and really start drawing dots, you could get all the way back to being insensitive to the plight of African-Americans during the civil rights uh, movement of our country. Uh, I got to tell you something. I know it's not very popular. I think that's ridiculous. I just, I just have to say it. Mm-hmm. I just think it's ridiculous. Uh, and, and, the, and I'm with you. The player is not, is not leaving because of that. This, as you said, Greg, perfectly, it's a little bit of Munchausen. I now can pretend I'm a victim. And when I go yeah. to the new team, everybody says, I tell you one thing, you had the guts to stand up against that, that racist Mike Leach. Yeah. And my name's going to be in every newspaper and every news story that nobody even knew who I was up to the day. So got a lot of that in it too, I bet. But on the other hand, there's the way things should be, and then there's the way things are. Uh, do you have to sit down with, with Coach Leach and say, Coach, we love you. I know you're a funny guy, and I know you love that Twitter, hmm. uh, and, and, you, and you love that social <laughs> media, but, uh, hey, you're killing us. Uh, we we got to we – we, let's coach football, and let's try to win some football games – and if you want to be a stand-up comedian, then I guess you could try that for for a living. Uh, we we you're gonna to have to get off the social media because you know we, I don't know what he got paid. I never saw the contract. I'm sure he got paid pretty well. Uh, we sure. we stroked a check to you, and we really don't need all this. I know you're getting treated unfairly. We got it. But then there's the way the world should be, and then there's the way it is. And you have to pick and choose your times. You're gonna kick back against it. Uh, but we would really love for you to coach a, 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 pl- a down here at Mississippi State to be huge. Yeah, I see yeah. with the with spring. Yeah. No, has he coached a down? Has he had a whistle in his mouth for one play yet? No. Mm-hmm. No. Spring was canceled. Off-season workouts. No, that's the strength and conditioning people, I think. You have you can't have contact or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think this is ridiculous. I truly do. But also, you know, you're, you, and maybe he's, he's too maybe he's too far along. He may say, look, this is the way I am. Y'all know I'm not racist. I'm not going to be portrayed as a racist. Uh, I'm not going to be treated this way. And I'm not – you know, because that's the part we miss in this. 
you know, if when you just cave into this kind of stuff, you really are saying, I'm going to give you permission, I guess, to call me a racist for a, yeah. for, for a little while, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go down there and people are now going to do, shoot video of me on the local news and all the different stations of me going through the Civil Rights Museum learning my lesson. Yeah. And you know what? You, you've come, come away with that. Oh, well, I guess he really was racist. No, no, he really, he really, he's not. There's nothing racist about what he did, and you could look in Mike Leach's life and not see one ounce of evidence that I know of mm-hmm. that would signal that he's a racist in any way, shape, or form. But now, because of the thought police, uh, you have to you have to get in line and be reprogrammed and get labeled whatever they want to label you. And if you push back, you could end up losing your job. Yeah, and I think I'm, Greg uh, is all over it. I'm sorry, Bubba. I think he's using the 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 you know the quote uh, hostile environment, and so he doesn't have to sit out a year on the transfer no, portal back you. to the yeah. player. No doubt about it. I think that. he's using this true. as an excuse because he wanted to leave. That's true. You're right. If he, he they have to okay him to be eligible when he gets there, mm-hmm. and this will be he'll like you said, the, it's the hostile. This has been used before, by the way. Yeah. On and uh, you're right. This will be how he's eligible to play next year. But the problem with that, and I agree with everything y'all are saying, you're 100% correct. It certainly looks that way. But at the midst of all this, people are playing games with people being labeled a bigot or a racist, and yeah. that's a really big deal. Right. We can't allow that stuff to keep going on. No. I mean, somebody's well, got to say enough. I, I know Mike Leach for like the rest of us. He's been spending time with his family. It popped up on the screen. He thought it was funny. That's it. Yeah, Bubba. Yeah, that's likely the case. 100%. Yeah. That's a logical assessment. And and you know what? 99.9% likely the truth. We'll be back, and we'll take phone calls next at 866-WE-BE-BIG. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Once upon a time, I tried to Big kill a man. Kenny of Big and Rent, and you're listening to the Rick and Bubba Show. Can I get a G? Oh. Here we go, 22 minutes past. Phone calls coming in at 866. We be big, uh, our number. Thanks for your patience. We start with Brandon out of the great state of Alabama. Brandon, you're on with Team Rick and Bubba. Go right ahead. Yeah, I was just going to tell Adler this is his neighbor that he didn't like. And I wish he had put that pooping station somewhere else because it's starting to stink. Uh, <laughs> there's your neighbor, Adam. There's your neighbor. That, that was just a joke. That was just a joke. I like my, all my neighbors. I like all my neighbors. That was just a joke. By the way, you do know, and I used to be told this when I struggle with the truth, you know what I'd be told by my dad? You go to the same place for uh, lying as you do for stealing. So, you know, you got to be truthful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we well, all we all know it. We continue, yeah. <laughs> uh, Clyde and Jackson. Clyde, go ahead. Welcome to the program. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, uh, we all. I want to know how Miss Burgess is doing being isolated with Coach. Oh, buddy, I mean, that's that's a real story about, uh, about the pandemic, right there. You wouldn't believe. I read. I read a text to the guys today that Greg got, my sister got, and we all got. She lists what her day's like every day when dad, because dad's really loving the quarantine. That's his favorite. And, uh, and then the talk of no more shaking hands and where you can and can't go. You know, dad loves that kind of stuff. He's always been a real go along with everybody guy, you know, and he, and his favorite is being told what he can and can't do. That's his number one. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question, he's driving my mother crazy. Yes. That's it. Uh, we continue eight, six, six. We be big Greg in Birmingham, Alabama, listening to ZZK. Greg, go ahead. 
Yeah, guys, I want to, you know, trying to get Mike Leach to say that he's a racist bigot. I think I'd rather talk Nancy Pelosi into being a Republican because there's just no, there's no connotation there. And one brief uh, of, of uh, memorabilia on this is my beloved uh, instructor at Jacksonville State University, this subject came up, and he came up and said that there were more lynchings out west from cattle thieves and card sharks and horse thieves than there were uh, blacks ever lynched. And whether it's true or not, I don't know. But well, the historic – It originated. Yeah, the historic fact is – there were African Americans who were lynched, but lynching uh, did not start then. It didn't end then. Uh, there have been many people that have been drug off and hung over various things, all bad except for when it was, you know, used as this is your punishment for the crime that you've committed. You know, in in you know we we had the French; they were hanging people like it, they got a little closer to the modern day than we were all comfortable with. Uh, and uh, you know they they got rid of the guillotine, but they hung on to the noose for a while. And uh, so yeah, hangings have been around before and and even existed in cases after uh, those horrific events the the hangman's noose in and of itself cannot be deemed racist it just can't uh that that's like saying that anything uh you know like from this day forward fire hoses are now racist even if they're putting out a house fire what are we supposed to do let it burn to the ground because they turned fire hoses uh, on african americans which was horrific because that mean we can't use a fire hose anymore can't do any connotation about a fire hose how many times have you said hey man look you give me a lot of information, man. You fire hosing me. Can we not say that anymore? Hmm. Uh, you know, it's uh, trying to drink, trying, like trying to drink out of a fire hose. We can, what? Hmm. So, um, yeah, and, and there's got to be at some point where we declare we're not going to play this game anymore. Now, I don't know when that is, and sometimes maybe it's not worth it. But uh, we continue. Let's go to Billy, Birmingham, Alabama, listening to ZZK. Billy, go ahead. Hey, Biggins. How you doing, uh, General? I think the general manager at San Francisco 49ers, isn't his name John Lynch? Is he going to have to change his last name? Well, I mean, you know, you remember the time we started the whole deal about we had to remove any connotations to Native Americans, uh, tribes, and then they ran into the uncomfortable truth that Oklahoma stood for red people? Uh, and uh, yeah, now we're going to start changing state names, school yeah. names with Lynch. Yeah, it, 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 there comes a time it just and, – and plus the thing we talk about is it takes away the serious, seriousness of the topic. You're, you're just – people you're trying to teach to take things serious, when you do things like this, they say, well, look at there. Now, why take it serious? Look how ridiculous that is. And you see, that's the real damage that it does. Can I live the rest of my life uh, you know, and try not to ever talk about a hang, hangman's noose? I probably can. But, but, but the problem is those people that were trying to change their mind and trying to make them realize that these things really were bad and there are still people being mistreated just because of the color of their skin, they don't take that serious when you give them this kind of stuff. And, and that's the biggest damage that is done. Now, you would say that about sexual harassment. There's a, there's a, there's a litany of things you could say that about. Uh, we continue. Uh, we go to Jeremiah. You know, Rick and Bubba's, uh, you know, Probably our biggest fan in LA is Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah, welcome. What's up, Jeremiah? Mac, 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 Mac. All right, my bad. That uh, he kind of sucks. But uh, what's the call about the Mike Lee situation? Uh, honestly, I know, like, I guess over there it's a kind of big deal. But so far, like, I haven't seen any coverage in any, you know, like black media specifically about the Mike Lee situation, like. I think it's a really small thing that's kind of gotten blown out of proportion, but sure. I don't even know anybody who's mad about it. Like most people don't even take it serious. Like the meme was obviously, you know, not racist. And I think most people see it that way. 
So you're saying this one. Yeah, you're saying this one may be so silly that even African Americans that are normally offended are not even bothered by it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, like there are people who are, you know, far more sensitive to certain things. But even then, like I don't know a single person who would look at that and be like, "Man, that's terrible. I can't believe he's racist." Like I think it's genuinely, honestly. I would genuinely think it's white people who are sensitive that black people might get sensitive about it. Cause it's like, if that's the only thing I can think of, like there are things that even like real small things that you will see people blow up about, but that is not one of them. It's so crazy to me. It's crazy. So you're saying this is this classic case of white guilt. There's white people that are getting offended on your behalf and they think they're supposed to. And most of you are saying, look, we're not bothered by this. So y'all don't have to let worry it about go. it. Yeah, let it go. We're not bothered <laughs> by it. And they got to run out and be bothered about it for you so they, because they don't dare want to think somebody thinks they might be racist. Yeah, you're right. That's actually a, a good perspective. Of course, now this player, he's definitely trying to play the game. Yeah. Uh, but I think we all know what that's about. But maybe he doesn't represent anybody else other than himself or if if so a very small percentage of people bottom of the hour thanks for the calls we'll be back more rick and bubba coming up right after this rick and bubba rick and bubba warning This program may be found offensive by pencil-pushing, bean-counting, research-loving program directors and radio consultant goobs. Welcome to the Rick and Bubba Experience. 35 minutes past the hour. You got the Rick and Bubba show, and um, I actually got on the phone uh, as I threatened the carpenter bees uh, down at the farm who have tried to take away our barn and we've taken out uh, a number of them uh, with the, the, uh, the, the traps but um, there's still many that are surviving uh, I've hung the fake uh, hornet's nest uh, all these things and now I'm at the end of my rope with some of them that uh, are not falling for any of the tricks but they will now have to face Cook's Pest Control uh, so uh, game's over. Game's over. I said, guys, when I left, one of them got inside the barn. I killed him quickly with a broom, uh, hitting him across the room, by the way. Yakety, I did a little yickety, uh, and, 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 and hit one across the barn. But now I'm bringing in cookie, cookie, cookie. So, uh, look, uh, cookspass.com, you can call them too. They can give you a free thorough. They've been deemed essential, by the way, because, you know, you can't have your place get infested. Uh, with with the critters and rats and rodents and carpenter bees and things like that, and of course there can be health hazards. So they have been deemed essential. So you can still get Cook's Pest Control and get your monthly uh, pest treatment or whatever you need if you got a problem. Uh, there's no obligation to use them. They'll evaluate your situation and tell you what they can do, how much it'll cost, and you can decide. We use them. We think you should. Cookspest.com. Then you can say like us, looky, looky, looky. Here comes Cookie. Here comes cookie. Cook's, Cook's Pest, pest Control. control. Did you see me line up with you? <laughs> well, Bubba, he's done it to us again. Who now? Speedy. Rick? Speedy's done it again. Speedy, what have you done? I, I'm just. Is I'm it just, in your stack? Because it's in mine. I see it. I emailed it to him. I emailed him everything you got printed. Oh, what is it about? Heavy people yes. being more susceptible? Yes. <laughs> well, I just. Yes. I, it's, that's out there, guys. It's out there. Well, it's it's a big that story. Was that ever in doubt? Was right. that ever in doubt? Yeah. Do you think that you've like, you're some prophet that came in and we never heard anybody say fat people aren't healthy? Well, I, I say, know. Yeah, I know. Were you the first person to ever come up with that? <laughs> I mean, every, if you, if you want to hear that, just go to your doctor. Right. He says the same yeah. thing. 
Rick, Rick. It's not just for this. It's for anything that's out there. Yeah. Well, now we've got uh, the word, the headline that Speedy wanted to be. And he, he I even had it put away, and he's moved it to the top. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and I was cleaning up over there. Bubba, and... the word obesity is so big, it's almost like it scared me when I turned around and saw it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a 24 font. Obesity is a major risk factor for coronavirus victims. Sure uh, this is uh, one of the uh, the big time doctors there. I can't tell tell you what kind of doctor he is <laughs> in France because I can't pronounce that word. He says I'm really I'm really concerned about America because they're a lot fatter than we are. That's what he says. Oh, I know. And I know. Uh, he said, but uh, of course, you know, guess he hadn't seen that our numbers keep going down. But still, mm-hmm. uh, he still wants us to know. Uh, he says obese people who become infected uh, with the flu are not only at greater risk of severe complications, but they remain contagious longer now that's new i didn't know that fat people uh, are now contagious rick, longer rick we strike out on all columns okay right. longer severity more likely to get it the only thing we 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 accelerate in is hey we're happy or <laughs> our, our, our follow us to the food you know that's right, the, that's right. Uh, you see on down meal, you don't follow some skinny guy out jogging no. follow a fat guy no 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 you don't it said if you were sexy and fat, you have a really high chance. Do you see right. that? Studies have shown that chronic health conditions such as obesity, diabetes, and high blood pressure mm. can increase the risk of the infection to begin with and, of course, death. But I'm with you, Bubba. He says the U.S., 42% of the population is obese. But hang on a minute. I yeah. know we got what, a lot of fat. obese? I know we got a lot of fat people. But remember, who's declaring fat? Now, I can, you know, I can do something that's pretty common sense. I can see it. But what? The, but but this BMI thing they've come up with, they can declare people fat who are actually in pretty good shape. That it's got a lot of muscle mass. Now I'm not saying that well, that you mean like NBA players, right? Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of football players. Remember when they deemed uh, Eddie George to be obese on the BMI scale based on his height, and and what did he have about half a percent body fat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to agree with the guy. In fact, he may be a little low. Just go to Walmart. No, you're right. No, There's Greg, a lot more people than 43%, I promise. Well, remember, Greg, it's according to where you're hunting. If you go across the whole country, maybe, but you can get in pockets where that 42% is a low number. You're right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you, may be, you may be lowballing there. Can I ask yeah, you, you? That's not taken in my area. You know how we all have wake-up calls You know, in our lives? Hmm. I have to ask this terrible question, and I, and I, I don't <laughs> – What? So the story is about obese people. Is the wake-up call for you when your picture is the example they use? <laughs> Let me tell you, tell you that six hundred pound life that series could be shut down. By yeah, the but Greg, I'm looking. How would you like to be in a national story that, 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 that I'm talking about? There are shows all over the country that are doing this story today, and the example of what they mean is you. I mean. <laughs> That's got to be, you know, somebody says, hey, man, you really lost a lot of weight. What happened? Well, that's when I became the poster boy of, of obesity across the entire world. I, you, they, were, they were trying to find the best example, and they picked me. <laughs> me. I represented the entire United States. <laughs> there, there he is. That's the story. If this is you, you have to say, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if God could speak any louder. And it's going to be out there forever now. Even if you lose weight, you're still yeah. that, that poster mm-hmm. boy for that story. Yeah. Look, and don't, and don't forget this. Then you're sitting somewhere and somebody says, no, wait a minute, you look so familiar. Where do I know you from? <laughs> oh, you probably know me as the picture of obesity. 
Hey, didn't yeah. I see your mail online? Look, yeah. Greg, and then they have a picture on the back page that has a fat person being loaded into an ambulance, and he's trying to give everybody the "Hey, I'm okay" sign. <laughs> Not the thumbs up, Rick. Is it a thumbs up? Like an injured player? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking closer. That's actually a cheeseburger in his hand. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's actually reaching for a wing. Right now. <laughs> oh, All right, man. so. That's good stuff. Let's go to. I just printed it for y'all. I mean, it's yeah, so, thanks, so. Speedy. We appreciate it. It's one of the top stories. Look. Thank you, bud. Yeah, what's next? A snake story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that what we got coming up next? Uh, also, some of the other things that, that are going on. Uh, you know, this thing with the World Health Organization, good gracious. I mean, the. Oh, the I'm afraid they're being exposed, Rick, for what they really are. And we'll, yeah. we'll know more about it later. I mean, there's a, a time and place, but uh, I think you're seeing they're, they're being exposed right now. And I'm going to have to go with this, too, because they tie them into being negative and trying to, you know, downplay, you know, this thing about the president that somehow we're now making hydroxychloroquine his drug. (laughs) I I mean, first of all, if it turns out to do what a lot of people say it's going to do, like we said yesterday, that's actually going to backfire on his critics because he may come out and he, you know, Trump, he'll have no issue. With coming out, if this turns out to be what everybody thinks, and say, well, you know, when I started talking about that hydroxy, mm. that's when it, that's when I, when I turned around. Look at all these different people that thank me personally for saving their <laughs> life. He'll do that in a second. So <laughs> I, I don't understand this this attack on hydroxychloroquine. It, it's a little bit bizarre, mm. uh, but uh, the World Health Organization, you know, tried to tried to do a little bit of that too. Uh, and then uh, you know, we've already talked about Attorney General Barr once, but he said he's disappointed what he's calling. Partisan attacks leveled at President Trump and says the media is on a jihad against hydroxychloroquine, and he doesn't know why. <laughs> I mean, so it's um, – look, it may not – I mean, but I guess the thing that's weird about me on this, don't we already know it's how people – this yeah. is not even well, Rick, it, it goes back. You saw yeah. the reporters in the press conferences. They were, they were going, well, should you be promoting – should you be giving false hope to people, I mean, th- you remember somebody filed a complaint with the FCC, yes, saying that yes. the press conference was misleading people. It was false hope. People lighten up for the love of all that's good. Okay, the guy said, "If you're dying, what does it hurt? Take a shot." Right. Some people have had positive response. Let's hope and pray that it helps. That's that's not a Trump thing. That's a human thing. Right. Now Pence also has weighed in. The level-headed Pence mm-hmm. has now weighed in. He says, we will ask the World Health Organization tough questions over how they could have been so wrong about coronavirus. Well, I'll tell you why they were wrong is because they got their hand out to the Chinese government, and, and they do whatever the Chinese government says them to do, and, say, and they say whatever the Chinese government says to say. And I wonder if Governor Cuomo wasn't in the same boat. Hey, he's looking bad right now, too. You know, I know that the left is making him out to be this great hero, they're now producing his quotes and also de Blasio's quotes. They were downplaying it big time and basically telling New Yorkers to go about their life. New York, we're so tough. We've been through stuff before. This isn't going to be the end of us, and we think this is highly exaggerated, and New Yorkers need to get back out there and keep the economy going and keep living your life. Uh, and So we can't forget that part. If we want to say he changed his mind and then he, you know, I tell you who come, came in and saved his rear end mm-hmm. is trump 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 came in and saved him with, with look, everything I, I trump's the one that bl- turned that turned new york around look i don't blame the politicians for not yeah. fully understanding what we were up against nobody did nobody if they say they did they're lying okay 
Nobody knew we were facing a pandemic at this level. Okay. Now the world health organization, that's a whole nother deal. And I don't know if you've seen how much money we send them versus what the Chinese sent. I mean, we're, we're like 200 something million and the Chinese are about 40 million. Yeah. I think we were at 20% and they were down about 12%, something like that. And, uh, but, but that's, you know, Trump said we're going to reevaluate that. Yeah, we need to. We'll be back. Your phone calls wrap up the hour at 866-WE-BE-BIG, and lines are available, and uh, we definitely want to talk with you. Uh, There's room if you want to get in right now. Stretch will take care of that, and we'll let you run the next segment as we hear from you and try to answer any questions or listen to the comments that you have. More Rick and Bubba coming up with phone calls right after this. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. It is uh, nine minutes to the top of the hour. We go to the phones right now at 866-WE-BE-BIG. Largest number of people in the shortest amount of time. And you can uh, make a comment, ask a question, bring information to the table. Stretch Armstrong standing by to take your phone calls as uh, we'll wrap up this hour. And the gang's all here. So you can chat with uh, any member of Team Rick and Bubba. Uh, we'll start uh, with an anonymous caller out of the great state of Alabama, uh, and then 30 seconds, the buzzer gets you. If not, uh, we could have a Bubba signal there in the Brady Bunch, set up our helms, and I'll I'll expand on your call. If you call now, you'll get in. We have a few lines available. Uh, Anonymous, welcome to Rick and Bubba. you got 30 seconds. Go right ahead. Uh, yes, sir. Um, big fan, by the way. Thank when you. y'all were talking about obesity mm-hmm. and everything and sports players and everything, I'm not a huge football fan. But I remember an older football player called the Refrigerator, and he nailed it, and he made all kinds of commercials back in the day and stuff. Yep. How would yep. he be viewed now? Obese. Yeah, so definitely oh, obese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Way. yeah. But yeah. he was like a Mack truck. Yeah, but he would be considered, because uh, he, he was, he was uh, fat, but they would be saying that he is the, I mean, he would be vilified for his fatness uh, because um, he, he embraced it. And uh, made a career out of it, and uh, and was able. He was quick. He had them feet, Greg. He, he, but he, but he was. Uh, he, what what what's sad, Rick? By the BMI, Richard Dent would be considered obese. Probably so. Yeah. We continue. Uh, let's go to um, uh, Sheila out of Alabama. Thirty seconds. Go right ahead. Hey, uh, I did. I have a comment in support of Coach Mike Leach. Um, I have an academic definition of why this Twitter cartoon was misinterpreted. It's called inferential comprehension, the ability to process picture and our written information and understand the underlying meaning of the text. The infos used to infer or determine deeper meaning that's not explicitly stated, and it requires combining ideas and drawing conclusions, and so I'm going to propose the vocabulary. Well, well it was just like being in school, wasn't it? Uh, I, I couldn't follow all that. Well, it felt like it felt, you know, it, it, it starts out and you're listening and you kind of got it. And then it, it, it kind of gets into the, it starts out like, you know, a teacher that you're listening to. And then it's what we used to happen to me in class. It begins to morph into the way teachers sound in Charlie Brown. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate her trying to clear that up, but, uh, it was long and it sounded long. <laughs> 
Yeah, anytime <laughs> you don't remember the person, and and it really, I understand what the point she was making, and she's right. But do you remember Rush Limbaugh? It was early when his show first started. I mean, it was in the first maybe five to six years of his show, and he would tell people because he was having a bad problem with it that people were calling his show and then reading newspaper articles. Do you remember this? Right. Yeah. And he was saying, "I, you can ask me a question." Mm-hmm. And you can do not read on the radio. He goes, there's nothing worse. I can't take somebody reading an article out of a newspaper. And that's the thing I used. That's the only thing I didn't like about. Uh, remember when G. Gordon Liddy had his show? I, I thought he was hilarious in so many ways. But I hated when he would do that one hour where he would just read stories out of the newspaper. Oh yeah, yeah, just verbatim. You'd hear him turning the pages. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone wants to tell me about a story, I'm all in. But if you want to read me something, you know, unless it's real short. You know, there's a, there's only a certain length that something can be read to you. Do you agree with yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we continue. Uh, let's go to. By the uh, way, we just had a guy shirtless walk past the window. Did, and you, did you even see him? I didn't. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got a lot to look at these days. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, You're really gonna have to work hard to get me look at the big window now when I've got two or three things all over the, over right. this way now. He just strolled on by. Uh, let's go to <laughs> Betty uh, out of uh, Selma. Betty, welcome to the Rick and Bubba Show. Go ahead. Yes, y'all need to look at the statistics about all these so-called deaths on the corona. Most of them are related to pneumonia and a heart attack because people are putting it on Facebook. They put my husband down as having having corona when he had a massive heart attack. Mm -hmm. They're trying to look Trump, make Trump look bad so he will not get reelected next term. They put they put your husband as a COVID patient. No, the on a um, Facebook, a lady. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well, you, well you, first you, off, we're sorry to hear about your husband. Whatever right, his problem, right? Is. Yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, there's no there's neither one of those are too good. We're learning more and more about it, and this is good because it'll help us on the big decision coming up on how do we return, how do we turn the economy back on, and this information will help. And and right now, and it could change. Uh, I hope not. And it's bad. It's bad for anybody who loses their life. And I, I know we feel like we have to say that every time. I hope that's understood. But if we find out that this virus is is dangerous for those who are already in bad health, then that would be kind of the way it is for every flu uh, that we have in influenza. Er, er, you know, it would be every year. It's always bad for people who have pre-existing health issues. Um, and if that is, it looks like the, the majority of the deaths are tied to that part of our society, then we know, hey, these people are at high risk and we'll do what we can do to keep them at the lowest risk possible. But everybody else, you know, use common sense, keep washing your hands, and let's get back to work. Uh, because we don't shut down the, we can never, even if it comes back in the fall, we cannot shut the economy down again. Okay, yeah. we can't do that. So we're going to have to figure out: is this just a highly contagious flu? But it's really just another version of the way we've we don't shut down the economy every year. We didn't shut it down for swine flu H one N one. We don't shut down the economy. We did because we thought maybe this is going to have some some problems with it that is not related to what we've had in the past, and we have to learn about it. But if we learn that this is a virus that might be more contagious than some of the viruses we have in the past, but it's killing the same people they all kill, 
then we don't shut down the economy anymore. And I think they'll review all that, Rick. And right. I, I think there, there'll be some other ideas. I think we'll have a whole new game plan after this. It'll be uh, mm. hashed out and hopefully we will never have to go through this again. But it's not going to be 2.2 million people. No. And thank goodness. Let's be glad. And, and it's not going to be 200,000 people. Uh, amen. Yeah. Good. And great. That, and that's good. But we thought it would be, which is why we did what we did. And so, it might have been if we didn't do what we did. We don't that's know. It. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. key, Bubba. That's yeah. key. Yeah. That's People right. need to hear that. Yeah. The doctors all said that that they uh, underestimated the American people following the social distancing yeah. guidelines, mm-hmm. and that changed yeah. everything. Right. But uh, there's but, no way to test both of them because of what we did. Yeah, so, right. But we'll yeah. never know. But play it safe. It's all right. We'll make no, it. No, no, no doubt about it. But we can't. We, you know, our whole country has to not die as well because then we're just going to all be safe in our homes as we all don't have anything. Yeah, we'll be healthy and no food. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, I'm I'm in my home and I don't have the flu, but I don't have anything else. Uh, and maybe I'd been better off just to get it and get over it like the other flus. Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba.